are we in some kind of matrix loop? <laughs> Does God know before we do what we do exactly what we're going to do? And we really have no choice about what we're going to do? Does man have responsibility or is it all God's sovereignty? Has anybody asked you these questions until you thought you were going to lose your mind? Yes, that has happened to me. Ben, this is going to be a fun episode. Yeah, fun for fun for you because... Fun for you because I'm interviewing yeah, you. Yeah. Dan's like, don't ask me any questions <laughs> yeah, today. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> the kids in my life group ask me these questions until my head literally starts oozing out of my ears. It's just... <laughs> so we are in a series on difficult questions that Christians sometimes need to answer, have to answer, get asked. And my name is Dan. I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship in... Metro Charlotte, North Carolina. This is Life Talks, and we are dealing with this question today, Ben. Where yeah. does man's responsibility intersect with God's sovereignty? Um, it does, and I don't know where. <laughs> and I've heard, this I've, has been Life I've, Talks. I've Thank heard, you so much for joining us. I'm just us. teasing. You know, I know we had to do this episode because everyone has to. I mean, this is always one of the top questions that. You know, the questions we're going to deal with in this series, some come from without Christianity, like they're, they're outsiders looking in and saying, hey, wh what are your thoughts on this? Um, and Christians almost have to have a more apologetic, defensive posture towards some questions. This is a conversation that is both internal and external. I think you hear a lot of people who are searching ask this question because it's in many ways, it's it's bigger than just a theological conversation. There's a lot of philosophy that goes into this as well. So it's a both hand. Um, but obviously we've all been there. I mean, I remember going, you know, going to Bible college mm -hmm. and, and in the dorms at night, we're yeah. debating the texts and, and how, how many points of a Calvinist are you? And, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the differences between Calvinism and Arminianism and Arminianism, sorry, not Arminianism. That's a, that's a nationality, <laughs> <laughs> but Arminianism. And, um, so I think that, that there's a, there's this, there's been this mystery and there's been this tension since the, since time began, since God created. And, and so I think one of the, I've heard this illustration um, given many times. I think the originator of this illustration was Charles Spurgeon. And we all know he was infallible. So <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just teasing. Um, kind of. <laughs> but you know, you ever notice, Dan, how like when people want to really like, they want to like, um, you know, back up their argument and be like, well, Charles Spurgeon right. once said, <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I can't, I can't combat I yield, that. I yield. I, I yield. <laughs> Charles Spurgeon gave the illustration that um, man's, God's sovereignty and man's responsibility are like two train tracks. And when we see them, when we're up close, they look very parallel and we don't know how they meet. But when you look off in the distance, you can tell that eventually they it looks like they meet at some point in the future. And he said, like that in the future, in, in eternity past, we will see how man's responsibility and God's sovereignty intersect. But until that time, it, it is a mystery how they interact with one another. Yeah, I really hate that. <laughs> <laughs> because we know those train tracks never do intersect because that train crashes when you do. <laughs> but, I mean, he's using it as an il a visual illustration. Yeah. yeah but I, but I, I think the whole point is, we have we, when we're going to be talking about the the nitty gritty, or as mm -hmm. as uh, you know, as um, what's the what's the rest of the nitty gritty? Uh, <laughs> Nacho Libre. You know Nacho Libre that movie? Did you yeah. ever see that movie? 
No, I never saw Napoleon Dynamite because I fell asleep in the first ten minutes. Oh, the 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 needy greedy, as Nacho Libre said. Um, That's such a nineties reference. Too. Early two thousands. Early two thousands. A little embarrassed for you. <laughs> I love Nacho Libre. It's one of you my top would. ten. You would. <laughs> but um, I I think that one of the things we're going to get into the 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 finer points of this debate. But I I has here's what you and I both feel. We're not solving this today. No. And really, what this is what you and I are doing. We are asking people to judge us by <laughs> having this conversation. Because really, no matter what we say, people are going to come on one side of this argument or another and say, well, I, I'm more of a believer. I, I believe in a stronger sense of man's freedom than I do of God's sovereignty. And some people are much more stronger on God's sovereignty. When we say sovereignty... One of the things that we have to let's define it. Sovereign really means Lord and in, mm-hmm. in, in authority, but also carries an idea of control. And I think we're talking about God's sovereign control, his his plan, his, his Well, and, and I think it's really important that in issues like this and others that you and I have discussed, one of the things we want to model is the ability to discuss, even debate explore without having to reach a definitive conclusion or break fellowship if yeah, we disagree. Absolutely. It's it's like eschatology. There's a lot of different good people who disagree on eschatological positions. And and sadly some people decide they want to make it a test of fellowship or faith yeah. and, and and that's a bridge too far. Yeah. And and I think if we were to put a, a spectrum ahead in front of us and there was the you know strong five pointer to the um you know the Arminian over here, the, mm-hmm. the the free salvation, free will person over here, there's obviously a spectrum, mm-hmm. right? And I think even you and I would be at different points on that spectrum. And I think if we, mm-hmm. even the, the six elders that we have here on our church staff, or our, on our, for our church that lead this church, would be at various points along that spectrum. Mm-hmm. And to me, I actually like that, because I think we need that tension, and we need people that are going to be, well, I, I really believe that... Um, you know, I, I see how we have we need to make the choice. I, I think if you get so far left into the God sovereignty, many times I've seen the error go to you know almost divine fatalism. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I'm, I would share the gospel, but hey, God's already determined. So like yep. if God, it, it's it's almost like we're abdicating the the obedience that we're supposed to have. Uh, when God says go and tell, mm-hmm. and we're like, well, God will choose, and God has chosen, and I don't really need to worry about that. And and but then on the other hand, you have the strong free will person that's like they're going crazy because man, it's all up to me to make blood sure someone's yeah, I've got blood on my hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so both of those extremes are are errors that don't follow obedience. Mm-hmm. And I I remember writing. You remember when everyone had a blog. In, yeah. in the in the I had one I know and I know the <laughs> the name of it yeah. worldviews worldviews what's that worldviews yeah but you spelled world as w h i r yeah so and you had a great blog I loved it it was phenomenal and um but as a pastor I think in your early to mid two thousands like it was required of you to have a blog and so I had a blog as well I'm not going to tell you what the name oh, of I it is know. nope nope. Nope, I'm it gonna, is for, for oh look at Brent right there. He's, he's, he's almost starting, gonna he's, he's googling. Gonna, he's about ready to Google something. <laughs> Anyways, I wrote a I wrote a blog post on. Was it from the front pew? No, 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 no. That was my other podcast that I did with another <gasps> pastor friend. He cheated on me with another I, podcast. No, it's not cheating because I did that before I met you. So, or cheating. not before you and I were on staff. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm free and so, clear, so, man. So, so now you're cheating on your own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um, <laughs> 
But I wrote this blog article, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, and it was all on this idea of I don't really care. I will answer you because people will ask you, well, where are you on the Calvinist, you know, Arminian spectrum Mm -hmm. or or God's sovereignty, man's free will? Where are you on the spectrum of belief? And I came to the conclusion years ago, and I think I've shared this with, with people on this podcast. I've came to this conclusion years ago. I will tell you what I believe after you tell me when's the last time you shared the gospel with someone. Yeah. Yep. And the only reason I say that is because I don't really care what you believe about this if it does not equate to you obeying Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm i much more concerned about the—and we, we talked about orthodoxy, orthopraxy. Both of them are important. I think many times we get into the realm of um, it's all—you know, you get the orthopraxy, the right living, or the orthodoxy, the right thinking, or the right believing— and I, they're both both are required, but my whole point was I don't believe. I've always been amazed at people that I look at their theology and I see how God uses them in great ways, and they they have a lot of theology. I would be like I I don't agree with that at all, but yet I see them have I see God's hand upon their life and upon their ministry. In many ways, I'm just like I'm amazed by that, um, and what I believe from what. I see and what what I've, you know, I believe that God is much more concerned about obedience than us thinking the right things. And like, I've got all the right theology in my head. I think what God mostly cares about, I think what God wants is I just want people to obey. I want people to love me. I want people to trust in me. And and yeah, he is willing to put up with our, our less than ideal theology at times because he knows that there will be people that will obey him. And so... I think what God really wants is he wants his glory. I think what God wants, and he wants is, and if if there's going to be an Arminian that's going to be, you know, giving him more glory, he will bless that person's life in ministry. If there's going to be a Calvinist that's going to give him glory, I mean, even if you think about the great, the great awakening of the history of this nation, you have one of the greatest voices and theologians of the Arminian side, John Wesley, mm-hmm. and you have one of the great Calvinistic theologians and and George Whitfield and and Jonathan Edwards, and you see how God used both of them mm-hmm. in many ways to do great works of the Spirit. God was not like, well, I'm more of Armin- Arminian, so I'm going to help John Wesley. No, no, God is God, and our understanding of these things, both of these, the spectrum of belief on these things. Um, is always going to be limited. So we have to, first of all, admit that we will never have the perspective that we need to have on this issue until we're entering into eternity. We There's just going to be some mystery at some level to this. And the people that are that are so sure of themselves, and, and again, I have beliefs in this. I have convictions on this. But I've also softened in my convictions over the years to say, yeah, this could... Where I believe is where I get to because I what I've studied and read scripture. I also know there's people that have read and studied scripture that come in different places, and and this is a secondary issue for me. I'm not going to um, make this such a big deal that I cannot fellowship with another believer um, because I can lock arms with you and we can reach the lost together. And so, boy, that's a big introduction for that, me that, to that, say. Yeah. Just everyone chill out for yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and this is at the point where you know some of my cigar chomping Calvinist <laughs> friends are like calling me an infidel because I won't nail it down. <laughs> but lo, let's let's try to determine definitions initially. Okay. So what are the the two basic positions around 
the sovereignty responsibility questions. Yeah. Um, well, I think when, when you're looking at God's sovereignty, um, there, there's a couple things that the Bible makes very clear, abundantly clear, that God's sovereignty and his order and his control is is effective. Um, it is. It will happen. And it is. And the second thing is, it's universal. Um, there's nothing outside of his control. There's nothing outside of his will or his plan. And what God desires and what God wants will happen. So the Bible is very clear on this. And we could go through a plethora of Bible verses that talk about this. But um, just know that you know there's a couple points along the way that we see certain things where God unveils his divine will, divine plan, but you see this uh, when God is talking to Abraham and he promises him the promised land. I think it's Genesis 15. He's like, I'm going to give you this land, but the nations that are here have not met their full you know, account of sin. It will be you know, 400 years before you are brought back here, you and your descendants. Well, what is God doing in that moment? He's allowing Abraham, he's pulling the curtain back and saying, I have this plan, the sovereign plan that is going to happen. And I would I have a plan that's you're gonna have to wait, and your descendants are actually gonna be slaves in another country, and then eventually I'm gonna bring them up. And you're like, whoa, like <laughs> how do we wrap our minds around the intricacies of all of the individual choices and the corporate choices and and the millions of choices that yeah. that humans make that lead up to God saying, this is what's happening. Yeah. And when when he says that, was that his, <laughs> this is where it just gets so deep, but was that his sovereign authority saying they will be slaves because I'm making them slaves? Yeah. Or is that his his omniscience knowing that they'll be slaves because they choose? Yeah. And, and, I, and I think to me, when I think about the, you're talking about a divine uh, foreknowledge issue um, and his will. So mm-hmm. how does God's, I don't want, I think there's some groups that when they think about God's sovereignty, they they really filter or they the lens they view God's sovereignty is through this lens of foreknowledge, that God foresees everything, therefore he is sovereign, and therefore that's what his will chooses. Or no, God's will chooses certain things, and therefore he his foreknowledge is based upon his will. And there's a there's a there's some really heady theological terms that people use to describe that kind of um debate. And I won't I won't bore you with those terms here because you could you can sound really smart by using some of these terms. But a lot of people talk about what was the what was the order of events that took place in in the eternity past? Because we know that in eternity past, God made decisions. Mm-hmm. There there was something that got before the foundations of the world, we were chosen, right? We're mm-hmm. predestined, as it says in Ephesians chapter one. And so there's this people want to know. Did God foresee and foreknow all things, and then His will was chosen, or did God choose? Did God was God's will and plan chosen, and then He foreknew based off of His will? And again, this is where you get to where people want to, you know, draw, you know, dig trenches and start lobbing missiles at each other for what they choose in this, the order of things. And where I have come to the conclusion is, this is this is just me is, I don't believe you can separate those two things. Because when we talk about us, there is a there is a logical flow of thought for us as finite human beings. We, you know, okay, I see this is going to happen, therefore I will do this. So we or, think in a very linear mode. We think linearly. God doesn't 
we're trying to we're trying to attribute the way a man's mind works to the way God's mind works. Right. And that's gets you get into some trouble when you try to do that. So so to me what I, the way I look at it is the foreknowledge and the will of God is so intertwined. I don't think we have the ability to say what happens first because um, they they work in conjunction with one another, and how they work in conjunction with one another, we don't know because we're not God. And I know the philosophers out there and the, and the theologians all want to you know really fine tune that, and it makes people feel really good when they say, "I know exactly how this whole thing happened." Well, we really don't. Um, and if you want to think that you do, great, you can dig your trench and say, "I'm believing this." But you got to hold on that very loosely because you know this is this is where we get to the the headier parts of our theology. But what I would just say is there isn't there is a there is a working together of God's foreknowledge and working together of His divine purposes and will and plan that we won't really know until on the other side of eternity. So, um, do I believe it was fully? Do I believe it was like God for, foresaw all things that would happen and then he chose? I don't believe that. Um, and that, But could, could I say that God chose everything to happen and then he foresaw? Well, you can't—I I, I just think that God's foreknowledge and his choosing of things are working together. And how will you split those things apart? I don't look at that as a linear, linear conversation. So that's how I would answer that that question. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'd like to graph that. <laughs> no, and, and and I think this is where where we really do have to understand and appreciate the limitations with which we have been created. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and you know, even a physicist is going to tell you that <laughs> that the amount yeah. of knowledge they've been able to uncover so far in terms of the phys- the you know, the physics of of the universe yeah. is just a tiny fraction. Yeah. And and this is true theologically, which is the greatest of all the sciences. Yeah. Is, is theology. Um, and, and so about the time we think we've made a breakthrough on this, we're going to find out how little we know. And I think that's important because that helps us to gain a glimpse of the greatness of God. And in that, we glorify God. Yeah, yeah. And and there is this, this limitation that we have, which doesn't mean we shouldn't explore it, shouldn't discuss it, right. shouldn't Absolutely. think about it. Absolutely. But also the, the reflection, it's like looking at great art. Yeah. When you're reflecting on great art, you're thinking of, you know, wow. This is the greatness of God. He calls you to peel layer after layer after layer and layer and right. still see wonder. Right. And and that's that's true when we're thinking about theological constructs such as this. But but you know, in in my own view of of coming, to, you know, and, and you know I'm a middle knowledge guy and mm-hmm. not a modalist. Well, but, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. But, but but for me, the, the the ability to think of a God who can who can see all the possibilities, know the probabilities, and control all the end products, just absolutely embraces omniscience and omnipresence and, uh, you know, omnipotence and all of those different things yeah. without me having to come down to this one right. particular thing. You know, it's kind of like a multiverse theory. Yeah. But, and that's, and, and so one of the things, a great biblical example of what you just talked about, and this is, again, there's some, we'll look at some specific Bible passages that really require us to, you know, do some good exegesis and think through the, them. Um, but the a great example was is I believe it's what David was running from Saul and he goes to this he goes to defeat the Philistines in this one town because he's you know he doesn't like the Philistines and he's he's an Israelite and he defeats the Philistines and he rescues this city and then Saul hears David's in this city and he says um, so Saul's coming to get him and David consults God and says 
um, is is basically Saul coming? And he's like, yeah, Saul's coming. And he's like, if if I'm here and Saul comes here, will these people of the city, you know, will they hand me over? And they said, they'll hand you over. So what does David do? He leaves. Right there, you have something where where God knows the possibility and the potential of of things that may happen, even though it never happened. And there's many times in scripture, not many times, but there are times in scripture where God says, this is going to happen if if something, if you don't do this. So God does have this knowledge of the possibility of things and how that works within his divine will and purpose and plan. Man, that's that's really hard to understand. But we do know the Bible's very clear. Um, you know, a couple Psalms here, Psalm 115.3 our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Psalm 135.6, whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and on earth and in the seas and in the deeps. Like God's going to do what he's going to do. Um, we have these words like sovereignty, election, predestination, plan, order, will, that we cannot. I mean, another great example of this um, tension, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, oh, we're done. Man, we just ran out of time, Dan. <laughs> dun dun dun. I'm sure the excuses. I think if seconds. I could, su- let's just sum up this this episode by saying the Bible makes clear about God's sovereignty. Okay, we know that it that what God wants, He gets, and how that all works out in our own world. We'll talk about a little bit later about man's responsibility. What does the Word of God say about that? And we'll talk about a couple sp- passages of Scripture that. Um, kind of reveal that tension, and what do we do with that tension when the Bible reveals that? So, well, that, as, that twenty as, minutes yeah, flew by. There is no way that I mean, you could do this for twenty hours, <sighs> twenty days, and you're never going to get to it. I, I think one of the things I just want to review as we close out is is this: you you have wet our appetite for the topic without putting anybody in a box and closing the lid on the box. When we're discussing things like this, if yeah. you're operating from a closed box, you're never going to hear, understand, grow, increase your knowledge. You may be more convinced later on of your position, but you need to listen to what other people think and answer the tough questions. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, again, one of the wonders of God. When you when you think about this, we serve a great God who mm-hmm. is far beyond our capacity to define him or confine him in yeah. any way. He will not have that done. And so um, we, we'll continue this conversation in other forms as we tackle other questions. But we hope you'll continue searching the word, but don't search the word to the exclusion of never applying the word. And that's where Ben was at when he asks the question, who's the last time, when was the last time you shared your faith, your walk with someone else? Share the gospel all the time in all places to all people. As always, thanks so much for joining us at Life Talks. We appreciate your feedback. We get it all the time. Always feel free to drop us a note or to send us a message. And please share us on social media if you would. And as always, thanks for joining us here at Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.